listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 3, The Rhythm of Leadership. Building on the fundamentals from Seasons 1 and 2, we now study the concept of rhythm and how team and organizational leaders use their energy and rhythm to achieve higher performance and productivity. This series is brought to you by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your source and reference for achieving breakthrough performance and productivity, and for leading yourself, leading teams, and leading organizations. And now, here are your hosts, Todd Schnick and Erica Peetler. Good morning and welcome back to Leadership on the Ground Season 3. I'm your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peetler. Good morning, my friend. Good to have you in the studio again. Hey, good morning, Todd. And I am rocking and rolling and ready to go this morning. Another great morning at Desk Hub Atlanta. Today's episode is Episode 2, Creating and Owning the Narrative. Before we go there, Erica, a quick overview of Leadership on the Ground Season 3. Why is this season so important? How does it differ from Seasons 1 and 2? Yeah, in Season 1, we were talking about the fundamentals of Leadership on the Ground, the basic skill sets. In Season 2, we raised the bar and we said, listen, it's really important that we work at the speed of business in real time, and we gave everybody pointers on how to do that. In Season 3, we take it up yet another level and we look at a more macro perspective of leadership. And we're looking through the lens of rhythm. It's really important that leaders have a rhythm in all that they do. Business runs with certain rhythms. So we're going to look at some structural ways that we can help leaders to set the stage for how they conduct business and how they lead their teams. You're going to hear us use words like facilitating, creating, owning, establishing, embracing, navigating, accelerating. It's still all about conscious competency, and it's still all about putting your leadership on the ground. And it's still all about performance and productivity, but now it's through that macro structural lens. All right. Thank you for that, Erica. You know, these action words. uh, Today is creating and owning. Walk us through that and as it relates to the narrative. Yeah, you know, this one has two action words, right? So creating and owning. And creating and owning the narrative, that's a word that I know has gained a lot of popularity today because we hear about the narrative in the media and other things. But let's talk about it in the context of the business world and again, structurally through this concept of the rhythm of leadership. The narrative is the ongoing and iterative story of your team and your organization's journey or initiative. And the rhythm is in how you tell it. And this is a really important piece for anyone who really wants to lead a team or lead an organization. The narrative is this ongoing story that talks about where were we, where are we, and where are we going next? And keeping that visible, that cadence and that rhythm visible to the organization. And importantly, not only is it ongoing and it's iterative, but you can tell it changes, Todd. You know, it changes because where we were and where we are and where we're going is going to evolve over time. And I think one of the things that really helps leaders here in terms of establishing the rhythm and establishing the confidence that we talk to through that rhythm is it's important to not only tell people functionally and and specifically where we are, where we were and where we're going, but how does it feel? You know, what's the feeling that's associated with that? And how do we connect with people so that they give us you know, that ability to take those risks and make those changes that we've talked about. Well, this idea of where were we, where are we, and where are we going, is that a good model with which to build a narrative? I love that model. I mean, I think that model, and I've used that model for years as a practitioner on the ground and as a leadership performance coach. It's simple, it's easy, and I think if you have that rhythm in your head, you know, the way you tell this story in terms of where are and going, 
kind of keeps everybody with you because people fall off the the wagon so easily, right? You know, if we're not constantly and consistently communicating with them and we don't keep that narrative alive, people so easily just get off track. So it's a great cadence and rhythm to keep people focused. Well, it does have a nice rhythm to it, not the, the pun intended there. This, <laughs> this idea, but where where do most organizations, where do most leaders fall short there? I think some of them have to get stuck in where we were. Maybe they're not focused enough on today, but I suspect the biggest problem is that a lot of organizations don't know where they're going. A lot of organizations may not know where they're going. I think the biggest challenge is that the leader just completely underestimates the importance of the narrative and the story and keeping it going. You know, we're not naturally good communicators. You know, we talked in season one and two about the currencies of, mm-hmm. uh, of leadership being communication and relationships. And many of us are just not good communicators, and we don't feel comfortable always being in front of a group of people. But the context and setting the stage for the story about where the organization is and how you frame it, that is the role of the leader. We talked about in episode one, you know, facilitating progress and aligned action as an organizational excellence model. We own messaging. You know, we own the ability to have that message and our ability to create that narrative and not only create it, but own it over the course of time is really important. And how we talk about it and how we phrase things, are we talking about not losing or are we talking about winning? Are we talking about risk-taking or are we talking about being risk-averse? You know, we have to be appropriately optimistic and encouraging or we have to be appropriately pragmatic and realistic. And those are the rhythm changes that the narrative affords us the opportunity to be flexible around and maybe pivot towards. A lot of people say that the one job of a CEO is to share the vision and communicate it effectively and as often as necessary until the whole organization buys in. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And that is hard because in the old world of communication, I remember an executive once told me, he said, you know, Erica, it takes eight times for a message to land. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you look at some of the articles that are written today about communication and given all of the bombardment, it could be 18 to 24 times. 18 to 24 times, do you know a leader who has the patience and the ability to say something 18 to 24 times? They say it two, three, four, five, and they think they're done. They're not. And that's where that narrative can kind of come in and give them that roadmap that says, so I've been talking about where we were, now let's talk about where we are, and here we are moving forward and and going to this next place. Well, and hearing you define what a narrative is, it's the ongoing story. I mean, this, this process of communicating, this never ends, right? Absolutely. And in fact, it may change. I mean, you know, you may have to look through a different lens and you may have to adjust some things, but it's a never-ending story and it's a never-ending piece of continuity. And a leader has to be prepared for that. And uh, one of the things that you have to always do is your narrative kind of has to match the circumstances. So things like your vision and your values don't change, but the path to get there might, and you may have to take different routes and it may feel different, right? It may feel like, I'll give you a perfect example, the narrative of moving through a transformational change probably feels and and sounds a lot different than moving through a growth phase in your organization. Mm. So, right, you know, the energy is different, the tasks are different, and your narrative has to match the life cycle and it has to match the emotions. Because if your narrative doesn't take into consideration not only what is happening, but how people feel going through the process, then you're not going to be really connected with them and they're not going to trust you as much or be willing to take those risks and make those changes. All right. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. 
Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right, Todd Schneck back with Erica Petler. This is episode two, Creating and Owning the Narrative. So, Erica, we've talked a lot about over the last couple of seasons, uh, these different leadership styles. So how does that come into play here? Yeah, that's a great question because these different leadership styles have different rhythms and they actually are great entry points for trying to change the rhythm or support the narrative in a different way. Well, let's take, for example, if you were, in fact, uh, leading a transformational change, right? You're in the bevel of uh, that S-curve and you got to make some really big different things happen. You're not going to go in there and start doing participative leadership and say, hey, guys, what do you think we need to do? You're going to go in there and choose a leadership style that is pace setting. Hey, guys, we got to get out of here quickly. We got to turn ourselves around. We have to put some new processes and, and procedures in place. But here's the vision of where we're going. And I know it's going to be tough. I'm going to use my affiliative style here. I know it's going to be tough and I know it's going to be challenging, but here's what the payoff is. So, you know, getting in there and using pace setting or visionary affiliative leadership when you're in the bevel and you're doing a transformational change is really important. When you're in a transition, a different part of uh, an organization's life cycle or a different part of change, you might be coaching, you might be participating, you might be asking people, what are the best ways to put this new process on the ground? How do we sustain this new process? Hey, we brought in some new people in this transition. How do we get them onboarded and how do we get them appropriately uh, comfortable with the way we do things here? How do we coach them into being at a higher level? So different leadership styles can be used at different points in an organization's change process. And as the rhythm and the narrative evolve, you know, we can be really mindful about what's going to help to stimulate and encourage some of those parts of uh, the change process and what may put a damper on it. Because if we have a mismatch of a style with a certain challenge, we're probably going to demotivate people and we might kill the rhythm ourselves. Well, thinking more about the, an organization's narrative, uh, I've heard you talk about this thing that you said called old story, new story. What is that all about? Yeah, so people get stuck in the old story. You know, a leader is trying to move that narrative forward, create and own the future. Where were we? Where are we? And where are we going? And there are going to be always some disbelievers, right? There are going to be people that are going to say, hey, this stuff is never going to change. Hey, we've been doing this for five years. Hey, they always say these things and then they do these things. So this old story that people kind of defend the status quo or don't really buy into the future vision is always going to be an obstacle for a leader. I always kind of coach my CEOs to say, hey, call that out. You know, you hear that or you think that's happening? You know, call that out as old story. We have to create a new story if we want to create and move forward with the narrative and we want to support that vision moving forward, we have to call that out and tell people we need space, we need room to change, and you guys need to believe. And if we are going to facilitate progress and we are going to get some aligned action, we need to believe that we can get there together. I mean, it, as I see it, that's the job of, of the leadership is to convince the organization to buy into the new story, yes? Absolutely. And, and to inspire them to. You know, one of the things that we get to do with our leadership roles is we get to create the conditions hmm. in terms of how people can succeed and what's happening. And we create the context with the narrative. So, you know, if you're creating the context 
You're creating the conditions. We should be able to get people to put some of their leadership on the ground and contribute to the forward motion and and aligned action that we're looking to get. Well, and yeah, to echo what you just said, it's not to club people over the head to buy into the new story. In fact, you've taught us how to leverage entry points so that we can contribute to the new story, right? Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes you're going to have to pivot. That narrative is going to have to change. You may have to look at a different lens. And I'm a believer in, look, you know, if you're going to build trust with your organization, your narrative has to be truthful and your narrative has to be transparent. Now, we as leaders sometimes have, you know, longer term sites and understandings of things that are going to happen to our organizations that we might not be fully prepared to share with people. But in creating that narrative, I always say, hey, as soon as I can tell you, I will tell you. And I start to build some of that trust and truth and transparency. Well, time to talk about some rhythm killers, or I guess in the context of this episode, narrative derailers. So walk us through a few of those that we should be alerted to. Well, one of what, you know, I think one of the things that could totally derail a leader's narrative is rumors, Mm, right? You know, the rumor mill gets started and people are starting to have the meetings after the meetings and talking about things. And if you start to hear rumors, you know that one, either you haven't been clear enough and consistent enough in your communication, or it's not frequent enough. So, you know, one of the things that I want to lean into is if I hear a rumor, I want to get on that and I want to say, hey, that's not going to kill my rhythm, right? So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to double down on some of the communication and, uh, and ways to hopefully move things forward. You know, another thing with, uh, with a, a narrative killer or a rhythm killer is one of my leaders on my team speaking out of school, right? So breaking the alignment, right? Mm. Breaking out of formation, nothing because they have credibility, right? They're on the leadership team. And if they kind of talk out of school and start saying something that might be interpreted in a different way, that's a huge concern for me as a leader if I'm trying to, you know, create and own a narrative. So that's another big rhythm that's or narrative that killer. That's action so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've always known that rumors are so dangerous to an organization. For the first time now, I understand exactly why and how it happens. So, so to contain rumors, it, it's just to recap there, it's, it's clearer communication and more consistent application. Clearer, more consistent, and probably more frequent. And that's what I think is great about a rumor is, you know, the absence of me hearing a rumor doesn't mean that they don't happen. I actually want to know if a rumor is taking place because that to me is a risk factor in my rhythm coming out of balance and I want to be able to correct that. So if a rumor is going to happen, I would take that as that opportunity again to double down and bring my narrative back full front and center so that people can in fact get right back focused on that aligned action and progress. All right. Good stuff. Okay. That's all the time we have for today. Tune in next week for episode three, Establishing Forums for Productive Engagement. On behalf of my co-host, Erica Peetler, I am Todd Schnick. Season three of Leadership on the Ground will return next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. You have been listening to Leadership on the Ground, season three. Today's episode is made possible by Desk Hub Atlanta part of the premier network of shared entrepreneurial workspaces across the U.S. As Zoe Fox of Desktop Atlanta says, I'd say the best part of working at Desktop Atlanta is watching our community grow every day. Whether it's people chatting over a cup of coffee in the morning or collaborating on a project together, it makes it a fun environment for everyone. Reap the rewards of collaboration, networking, and synergy. Join the Desk Hub community today. Learn more at deskhub.com. That's deskhub.com. And thank you for listening to Leadership on the Ground, a leadership development series from intrepidnow.com.